0: Welcome, treasure seekers, to Shandy Andy's Unguarded Treasure, Series 1, Episode 12. This episode is really a roundup of topics that I've heard or read about in September, and also a roundup of my role playing activity in September. Realism in gaming has been an interesting topic of discussion in September, although I believe it was all kick-started way back in August by Colin Spike Green in his episode 187 Into the Pit, Oil Realism and Passing the Torch. I'm a big fan of including realism in fantasy role-playing games. Sure, there will be the odd thing that has no realism at all, but largely I like my fantasy game world to have some, if often limited, basis in realism. The following segment is an expansion of my reply to the lamp oil topic in Colin's episode 190, drive by Hacking Maze Rats and more, where I detail a plant that could possibly be used to supply the type of oil used as a thrown weapon. Pyrotelum, the firebomb plant, this plant is a bush visually similar to bamboo growing up to around 20 foot tall and covering up to 10 foot in diameter. It is best known for its orange bulbous seed pods. When fully developed, the pods have a central thin tube up to six inches long filled with an oil which when shaken becomes highly volatile. Surrounding the central tube is a lightweight, rubbery, spherical fibre that slowly fills with air as the pod grows and stretches the skin of the seed pod like an inflated wineskin and can be up to a foot in diameter. The seed pods can be ejected at will, the air rushing out of the inflated pod and sending it flying up into the air, usually up to about 20 or 30 feet. Once its momentum is lost, the pod succumbs to gravity and returns to Earth however during its flight the central thin tube vibrates and the oil inside becomes volatile occasionally catching fire in mid-air but usually igniting with the impact on the ground the oil will usually form a one foot diameter pool and burns for a couple of rounds this normally kills off any vegetation allowing the seed which has an extremely fire resistant shell to germinate in a warm soil free of competitive plants The pyrotalum is generally found in wetlands, mainly because when grown in non-wetlands, the fires it causes have a habit of wiping out vegetation in the surrounding area. The seed could be an ingredient in fire protection based potions and a material component in such spells. The oil in the central thin tube could be harvested and used as an oil that can be thrown in combat. A possible additional feature that could be added to the pyrotellum is that it also uses the seed pods as a defence mechanism. In my games, plants communicate using an underground system in some ways similar to the chemical system scientists now believe real-life plants do. I call it lingua. I therefore allow a signal to be sent down the plant communication system to warn approach of approaching dangers the pyrotalum could potentially react to such a signal by firing off its pods. I kind of like the idea of a party intent on harvesting some pyrotalum oil, setting off its defence mechanism and coming under aerial bombardment and then fire attack. So one of the topics that had done the rounds in September was this consent in gaming article by Monty Cook Games. I'm not going to go into any detail in, uh, with it because it's been done by several other podcasters, much better than I could, uh, thinking of Larry Hamilton over at Follow Me and Die and the Dice Are Screaming podcast as well. But I've got a couple of segments that I'd like to cover subjects associated with this and perhaps get the opinions of other people. First, a bit of background to these points. I am currently rereading the rules of the very first RPG I played back in 1981, which was Dragon Quest, or at least I'm rereading the second edition of those rules as back then I played the first edition. But currently, I only have the second edition of the book. So, this rereading has ignited a desire to play Dragon Quest again, but I think the chances of me finding a group, even at convention are pretty slim. So I was thinking the only chance I'd really get to play it is to offer to run it myself at a convention. So the first issue I found was in character generation. Now I found generating characters for both Golden Heroes and Master New Generation good fun at the recent Albear and Wizard Staff convention. So I was thinking if I could get the Dragon Quest character generation slick enough I could actually do that as part of the session. But the issue I found was in Dragon Quest, the choice of sex for character, and in particular the line, and I quote, the physical strength of a female character is decreased by two, but her manual dexterity and fatigue are increased by one. Now, Whilst I want to try and run Dragon Quest as close to the rules as possible, this strikes me as an arbitrary and unnecessary rule. That, to be honest, I'm tempted to just ignore rulings, not rules. And also, in a one-shot, I feel the sex of a character is of limited importance anyway, adding flavour rather than substance. So, I'm tempted to ignore it for the purposes of a conventional one-shot with a group I've never met before. So, the next issue is with the scenario I was thinking of running, the camp of Ala Akabar from the back of the rule book. Whilst it's a pretty decent scenario, certainly for the time, uh, and that's at least just reading through it, I've obviously not played through it yet, there is one aspect I found troubling, and that was with one character who was labelled as the mistress of the Moskai. Her backstory was was that she was kidnapped, and I quote here, kept drugged by tranquilizers and love potions. Now, the implications of that, to be honest, made me a bit uneasy. And I've already decided to change the scenario, probably along the lines of her running away voluntarily with the boss guy, but maybe having second thoughts about it all now after spending time with him. So while I would have liked to stick to the original scenario, I feel that in this day and age I need to be a bit more thoughtful to the people who turn up at the table than perhaps we were back in the day. So, am I being too sensitive or overthinking this? I emphasise this would be for the purposes of a convention one-shot with a group I've never met before. If it was for people I already know reasonably well I'd make a judgment call and have no issue with that. So whilst I want this to be an authentic old school experience, my overriding concern is for everyone at the table to feel comfortable and enjoy themselves. I'd be interested to hear what people with a lot of convention experience think about this sort of situation. Next, I have a message from Joe from the Hind Cyclists podcast. Hey, what's up, Chandy Andy? This is Joe. Uh, I totally dig in your show, and I just wanted to call and say how happy I am that you were able to make it down to the con, and even more stoked that you were able to get together with Shay and Dave, man. That is so cool. Uh, this Anchor community is rad, and when people can actually get together in person, it's even better. So, right on. That's dope. Um, yeah, keep up the good work, man. Hey, up Joe. Thanks so much for the message. And yeah, it, it really was terrific to meet up with Shay and Dave. Uh, it really, you know, made a very good convention that much better. So, hopefully we'll be able to do some uh, more perhaps in the new year. Um, certainly over here in the UK we're a lot smaller and closer together so it's certainly possible to do a few conventions where the travelling time's only sort of an hour and a half, two hours. Um, so who knows what will happen. I'll make sure that I let people know if, we, if I meet up with any other anchorites at conventions. Next I have a message from Jason. Nerds RPG Variety Cast podcast. Hey Jason, here. Just wanted to say I really enjoyed your con report. Um, I'm glad you had such a good time at the convention. It sounded like a wonderful day, and I really liked your your feedback on you know the games you played and the conversations you had. And it was really wonderful. It almost felt like we were there. Thank you very much. Talk to you later. Hey up Jason. Thanks very much for the message. I'm glad you enjoyed the con report. It was a lot of fun putting it together. Uh, and I must admit I'll try and do the same for the next con whenever that is. Hey Andy Jason here. Just wanted to call and let you know how much I really enjoyed this unboxing you just did. You know, I was feeling kind of happy thinking I've been doing a good job on my mystery unboxings. And then I hear yours and you know I realize how high the bar really is. You are the master. You did a wonderful job. Thank you for showing me how it's done. I appreciate it. I, I really did enjoy it. You did an excellent job on explaining the products and describing the packaging and everything. It was it was a great unboxing. You should be proud. I will I'm still working my way through your back catalog, so I may give you some calls out of the past on your older episodes here. We'll see. But I look forward to more episodes from you and I hope er everything's going well. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey Jason, thank you very much for the kind words about my unboxing. But I've just started working my way through your back catalogue and certainly I can learn a lot off your unboxings. And I've already got a tape measure here on my computer desk ready for the next unboxing because I realized I've been remiss and not given proper size measurements for the packages I was getting, and I got horribly confused with my A4s and my A2s and my A3s. So lesson learned from your podcast. We can all learn off one another, mate. Keep up the good work yourself. And it always amazes me that people take the time and trouble to go through my back catalogue. Small though it is, as I'm only a recently started podcaster. We're glad you seem to be enjoying it, and any messages on any uh, past subjects are more than welcome, Jason. Cheers, mate. And here's a message from Jeff Collier from the podcast Tome of All Dooms. Hey, Andy, it's Jeff. Um, Your uh, wizard staff and owlbear convention experience sounds amazing. Um, I was super psyched to hear that you got to play Masks. Masks is one of my all-time favorite, powered by the Apocalypse games, and you definitely dove into the deep end of the pool there, because um, Masks does kind of expect you to have a little bit of knowledge of uh, superheroes and superhero tropes, but I think pulling the Legacy playbook was was really, really good, um, and it sounds like you had an awesome GM, and that always makes a great game. But yeah, I love Masks. I'm glad you got to play it. I'm glad you liked it. Hey, Jeff thanks for the message. Yes, mass was um, really was an experience, uh, and incredible. I'd not even heard of it before, but I, I'm not really that familiar with the powered by the Apocalypse system. I had a vague knowledge of it, and that was about all. So I perhaps have to look out for some more games which are written using that system. But yeah, getting really into these conventions uh, and hopefully going to do some more next year. Thanks for your message. The next message is from Colin Green of the Spike Pit RPG podcast. Hi Andy, Spike Pit here, just calling in to say I really enjoyed hearing your reflections on the Owlbear and Wizard staff convention. Interesting that you hadn't played uh, superhero games and you got in there with Simon Burley. He's quite a character on the convention scene. I played a few games with him, I always enjoy him. It is kind of clunky, I guess, the old Golden Heroes, but for me, there's some fond memories. Also, Lloyd there, he runs Games On Demand at the UK Games Expo, does a blinding job, and man, he's got a whole bunch of energy, that guy. I've never played in any of his games, but it's kind of a bucket list thing for me. Also, noticed your sounds got really cleaned up, so I don't know what you've, you've done, but I can hear you a lot better now. I don't know if you've change phones or, or what but good job sir Leia. Hey up Colin thanks for the message yeah the Albaron uh, wizard staff convention was really good I don't know whether it's one that you could put on your short list for next year or whether it's too far but it would be really cool if we could get another anchorite right up something to ponder anyway as for the Sound, uh, yeah, I think what it is, I, I'm now trying to do as much recording as I can on my PC rather than my phone. Um, the problem I've, I've got, Colin, is that my PC is in the same room as my boy's PC. So quite often there's a, a lot of noise coming out of their PC, which, uh, you know, ma- ma- makes recording pretty difficult. Sometimes I can hardly hear himself think. <laughs> I seem to spend most of time shouting at him to turn it down so I do tend to do a bit on the old mobile sometimes but I'll try and cut that out as much as possible the only problem is is with the messages I send, I appreciate, I've had a bit of feedback from people saying that my voice is really quiet and that and it is on the phone And I, I short of sort of shouting into it, I can't really do anything about that um, and I, I do like to try and react as quickly as I can with a message and I know if I you know sort of think oh I'll wait till I get onto the PC and it might be a couple of days before that happens and then I've forgotten all about the message or the topic that I want to reply to has moved on anyway so it's really a bit pointless replying but thanks for the message mate keep up the good work yourself So, what role-playing have I actually been up to in September? Well, thinking back, I've managed to get a few sessions of AD&D First Ed El in, which is the weekly Tuesday evening one I have. I've managed to get some D&D Basic BX in, which is a monthly game which I was unable to make since April, I think, but was able to make it this month. And it is my favourite role-playing system, Malve BX, So that was brilliant. Managed to do some GURPS on a Friday evening with Shea Webster, sorting out the character and having some practice combat to get myself familiar with the system. And hopefully we're about to start a campaign in GURPS, which I'll be able to report about next month, I guess. And I also managed to get a session of D&D 5th Ed in, where we're playing monstrous characters and I played a Dryad Druid Talon, uh, which I quite enjoyed. Nice bunch of people I play with, but I'm still oh, D&D 5th Ed. It's, it's just not not a system for me, I'm afraid. I should also have included, of course, that I played Delving Deeper on Roll20 with Larry from Follow Me and Die podcast as the GM, which was very enjoyable. And how could I forget? I, of course, played Golden Heroes and also Mass the New Generation at the and Wizard Staff Convention. You've been listening to Shandy Andy's Unguarded Treasure. If you'd like to contact me, please drop me a message on Anchor, email me at shandyandy at gmail dot com, or possibly find me hanging around at Audio Dungeon Discord channel.